0: Thank you for tuning in to the You Own the Experience podcast. In this week's episode, we sit down with Pankaj Jindal, co-founder of Sense, to discuss all things automation and how automation can be the driving force to an incredible Canada experience. We talk about how using post-hire that incredible Canada experience to drive leads to the top of the funnel and how that should be definitely one of your number one focuses. We also discuss how Pankaj led two IT consulting and staffing firms to being most engaged, according to SIA, as well as one of the best companies to temp for. In this week's episode, we actually have our first edition of Ask Lauren, where we ask Mrs. Lauren Jones of Leap Consulting Solutions about technology and how to better utilize technology in your tech stack to get the most ROI. And this week's episode is brought to you by the folks at WorkIn. So thank you to those guys. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Hankish, thanks so much for being on,
1: man. How you doing? Good, good, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Super excited.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to have you. By the way, we've been working around each other for about the last two years, and it's great to finally sit down and have a full conversation. Talking to people that love automation as much as I do is always super helpful for me, and I'm, I appreciate that. So obviously, this conversation is going to focus a lot on automation. And let's start off, you know, obviously, first and foremost, who you are, maybe a two-minute elevator pitch about Sense. And then we'll kind of get into how to improve the experience for everyone involved right, in staffing and recruiting.
1: No, absolutely. Happy to do that. And again, thanks for having me on. Just as a quick background, I've spent my career in the staffing industry. So before we started Sense, I ran two different staffing firms. One based out of Seattle, a firm called Aditi, which was about a $70 to $100 million firm. And another based out of the Silicon Valley called Accraia, same size firm. And we were focused mainly on IT recruitment, engineering, with a little bit of creative and marketing thrown in. Now, one of the things that was cool about both these companies that I was a part of is that every single year I was there, we either won the best place to work for a world or the most engaged company in the U.S. award. So this whole idea of candidate experience, consultant loyalty, and how it can impact your bottom line has been in my DNA for a long time. So Sense essentially started out as a passion project. That's exactly why we built Sense because we wanted to bring everything that we were doing manually, into an automation software-focused solution that essentially can elevate the entire industry. it has been around for four and a half years. We started in early 2016. We're over 300 customers now. We only work with staffing companies, which means we're super focused on the vertical, which also means that every single feature, every piece of analytics that we expose within our platform is something that we think staffing executives can benefit from. During this time, we've raised about $24 million in funding from Google Ventures and Axel Partners, so two of the best blue-chip investors you can hope to have. And one of the things I'm very proud of is we today work with over one-third of the largest staffing companies in the U.S. The largest staffing companies as defined by staffing industry analysts, any company with over $100 million in revenue. But at the same time, we have a long tail of customers that are between $50 to $100 million and $10 to $50 million. So, as a SaaS product, the product works for every company, but it is validated at the very highest level, which also means it was validated to be enterprise ready from the get go. So, that's a little bit about Sense. Sense is an engagement platform. It essentially sits on top of your system of record, could be an ATS, could be a VMS, could be a CRM and that becomes our data source. We bi-directionally talk to your system of record, and once we start interacting with your system of record, we can let you build trigger-based automated touch points. We can automatically clean up your database. We can automatically orchestrate your database. We can allow you to do one-on-one text messaging, a lot of which I'll get into in, a, in some more depth here. But as you can hear me saying, the product is all about automation but automation then actually leads to real engagement and has a real impact on your bottom line.
0: I love it so I'm going to jump right in I knew you ran two staffing firms
1: I mean you like lit my
0: heart up on fire because you were like we won best engagement like SIA's best staffing firms I love it but most engaged like what did that mean to you how did you how did that come about that's a really cool thing And and you did it twice so I would love to and then you created a company based on it so let's let me learn a little bit more about that. Like, give me some more history and stories around that. Like, how did that come
1: about? Why did you become focused on it even before you created Sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think it it was first driven by the fundamental belief that if you have productive recruiters, if you have people who are actually who actually believe in the value system of the company, who actually believe in what you're doing for the community for the industry, that's how everything else will flow from that. You will be a profitable company if you flow from that. At both the companies that I'm talking about, we actually had a mission statement. We had values that everybody lived up to. And so we specifically went after you know, this particular board that was the most engaged company in different categories, of course. It even included companies like Google and Facebook. So you know we were competing against not just staffing companies, but any company who thought that they were engaged with their employees. So essentially, if you're engaged with your recruiters, if you know exactly the common goal that you're marching towards, that's, the, that's when you provide good service to your customers. That's when you provide a first-class experience to your candidates and your contractors. So, you know, it's even well-known in the industry today, both the companies I talked about run at a very high profitability margin, and that stemmed from the fact that we were taking good care of our employees.
0: Got it. So the engagement part was really the internal... That's right. Okay, got it. But I'm sure you had, like, your... And internally, you mean like your actual recruiters, but I'm sure you had a great engagement with your candidates, right, or your consultants that you're placing on an IT basis. So, and
1: that's the best staffing firm to work for. And SI has another award called Best Staffing Firm to Temp For, which is very much focused on what contractors say about you. And we won that several times as well. So not just, not just what our internal employees are saying, but what our contractors are saying about us, what people are saying on Glassdoor, what's our net promoter score. So just 100% external validation.
0: And is that was that ingrained in you guys before, or as you, like when you started the company, you guys were like, okay, we're going to make sure that we have the best company to temp for. Did you have to learn some things about candidate engagement, post-hire, pre-hire, in process of running these companies? Or did you kind of know before? Because Sense at its core is a candidate engagement platform, right? That you're you're automating these great touch points, you're creating an incredible experience for your candidates. So I'm just kind of like digging in to see like, did you learn it along that road? Like, what kind of story do you have? Or did you guys just kind of have this like, hey,
1: we're going to be highly focused on this experience. And like, here's what we're going to do to make it great. Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot in running the staffing companies we made a ton of mistakes but I think when we all got together to start sense you know we had a blueprint of what an engaged company looks like so you know I'll give you an example we've seen with sense customers today that if your net promoter score increases customers with sense would typically end up increasing their net promoter score from, you know, the low teens to the high sixties over the course of six months. If your NPS increases, people take notice of that. And those are the, and that's when candidates start applying on your website. So your top of funnel increases because, you know, candidates in this industry are very fickle. They'll go work with a company that takes good care of them. If you have more people coming top of the funnel, that's when you can actually go reduce your spend on job boards. That's when you can go reduce your spend on everything else. So, you know, even though some people might think of NPS score as just a soft number, it actually has a hard ROI built into it because that's when you save your dollars.
0: No, absolutely. And I, so, when people talk to me in staffing about filling the funnel, the first thing I always do, and it kind of like blows their mind, is I go, How are you treating your consultants or the people that were just hired? That's your funnel. They're not going to go back to work for you necessarily as part of the funnel, but they're feeding it for sure. So, like, if you're not getting, like you just said, if you don't have a high MPS score, if you're not focused on that candidate experience post hire, you're not actually like all the money you spend on your website, all the money you spend on your job boards, right? But like, if the people who are telling your story for you, the people that you've already worked with, if they're not telling a great story, like people are going to Google you, they're going to see your MPS score, they're going to see your reviews, and they're not going to want to work for you. And I hear that story
1: over and over again. So I'm so glad you brought that up because one of the things I was going to tell you is everybody in the staffing industry talks about top of the funnel, the amount of money we spend on job boards, how do we get candidates. In fact, most of the software that you spend a lot of money on, ATSs, CRMs, VMS, job boards, everything is focused about finding a candidate, and getting them to an offer. People spend today $60 billion in talent acquisition software. What they don't realize is we're losing as an industry $24 billion right after that when we're not able to retain these people, the cost of rehiring, the cost of attrition, and the cost of poor redeployment rates. Today with several of our customers, and this is probably... Probably true industry-wide, 90% of the people will simply drop off the funnel during your hiring process because you just could not manage to stay engaged with them to say, Hey, we're still working on getting you a job. We've just submitted you. This person's taking time and getting back to us, but you're in the process. 20% of them would leave after they get an offer. So you have an actual confirmed offer, but before you start, 20% 20% of the people will leave because they'll find another job, and because you want to communicate, you know, we're looking forward for you to join this opportunity. If there's anything we can do to make your life better, so there's a real ROI and a PNL impact we're not being able to do
0: that. Got it. So, guys, just maybe to kind of take a quick step back for 20 seconds, 30 seconds. So, what Sense does right is it automates steps. So, if you were had a candidate submitted or maybe interviewed based on statuses, guys, it could send emails or text messages out to that candidate, just keep them engaged, right? Or end of the first week, ask them how their first day was or their first week was. So it's basically a automation system that triggers emails, text, communication to make sure that these candidates stay engaged with you. So just kind of want to make sure that we all are on the same page because sometimes you never know who's listening. While that's
1: right, I'm going to expand that answer a little bit. Yeah, please. Yeah, so first of all, Sense was built to be a complete lifecycle automation and engagement platform. And when I say lifecycle, you can start from anywhere in the lifecycle you like, right? So let's say you have 100,000 people coming to your website. And the moment these people get into your applicant tracking system, You might want to trigger messages to them and find out what kind of jobs do they want, send them the right kind of actual job opportunities, so on and so forth. We even have a conversational recruiting product that's coming out by the end of this quarter. So think of it as an actual chatbot. So when these people come to your website, they can actually engage with the chatbot and you can ask them streaming questions right away. Hey, are you authorized to work in the US? How much money do you want to make? How many years of experience do you have? What zip code do you live in? So you can essentially only send the right kind of people to your recruiters. And that's the whole point, which basically means the recruiters will now give more personalized attention to these people because they're highly qualified. They're already screened. So we've always thought of automation as something that will increase personalization and not actually make it more robotic. All right, so let's say you have these people in your database, now you start submitting them and to your point and what you said, everything can trigger a message out of Sense. Hey, you just got submitted, you've got an interview, you've got an offer, you just got hired, how's your feedback after the first day, seventh day, so on and so forth. Those are sort of table stakes within Sense to do those communications. The third thing which our customers use us a lot for is just database cleanup. You might have a million people sitting in your database that are stale, you haven't talked to them in two years. The idea that Sense can go in there and email or text all of those people and say, do you still have your current email? Are you still looking for a job? When are you going to become available next and actually update your applicant tracking system? And then what I get excited by is as people respond to this, you might reach out to 100,000 people. But if 10 of those people responded back with a question, it automatically converts into a two-way text message. So your recruiters can pick up anybody who had a genuine question and start in a one-on-one conversation, which again makes your automation completely personalized. So think of it as a full cycle engagement and automation platform. And even though in this example, I'm using the word candidate and contractors a lot, please know that we do this for every single person that you consider a constituent. It could be a hiring manager, it could be an alumni, it could be your own internal employees, so on and so forth. Got it. Let's focus
0: on alumni because that's what, there's a lot of money <laughs> sitting right there. I just wanted to make sure, like, sometimes I just assume people know what the technologies are that we're talking about, and that's probably a false assumption, so i got to make sure I'm better at that myself. Moving forward, just in general, we're talking about different techs. Everyone, hopefully, will have an idea. If you don't know what senses is or, or candidate engagement automation is, go look them up. Any stories, like, let's kind of go back to that idea of, like, really focusing on the alumni. Are there any customer stories that have really, and maybe tie this in on a separate talk track to COVID, right? Or any COVID story. So kind of like customer stories that kind of tell the story about why it's important to engage post-hire and then anything COVID that we've learned that we've seen with automation
1: as well. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Plenty of different stories there, but let me tackle your COVID question first. Since as a product and as a company, we wanted to make sure that we were absolutely on top of all the COVID use cases. One thing that's super interesting is while we have been in the middle of the pandemic, the volume of people the volume of email that has gone out through sense and the volume of text message that have gone gone out through sense has been at an all time high by actually a factor of 2 which came as a surprise to us in the beginning because you know we were thinking as it's to go down, but it's actually been the exact opposite. This is the time when one everybody needs to be engaged. You're no longer meeting with your customers face-to-face. You're probably no longer meeting with your employees face-to-face. You know you don't have account managers who can go see a contractor at their workplace. So it's become more important to have touches with these people and then make sure that every time somebody responds, you can convert this touch into a personalized touch. Automation can certainly set these things up at scale, but the moment somebody responds back to you, it connects back with a two-way text message to make, make it personal. The second thing is, as people come out of the pandemic, as job orders keep going back up, there are plenty of articles written about the fact that going forward, recruiters will probably talk to four times the number of candidates to make a hire. There are way more people available in the industry. There are way more options. Again, you know, how you reach out to people and how you represent your brand becomes more important than ever candidates now expect a memorable experience they expect that you know you reached out to them in a personalized fashion so we've actually made several changes to the product really quickly to make sure that we can support several covid based use cases in our text messaging product for instance there is now just a covid filter if you if you have activated that it will immediately tell you anybody who was either talking about covid or anything that even felt like covid like fever or illness so you can actually take a separate measure right there
0: oh nice so like you have like an ai tool scanning
1: or like a filtering tool that's right and to your other point about customer stories, I can probably talk about that all day long. You know uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try and take like three or four different examples that highlight three or four different things. You know one of the things you talked about was alumni. We have a customer pretty large firm about a couple hundred million dollars in revenue. They were working with a financial institution and that financial institution had a huge preference for rehiring people who had worked at their site before. They essentially felt like, hey, anybody who's been a contractor with us here probably spent three to six months learning our processes. If you can bring somebody like that back, we would immediately get a head start of three to six months. And as a contractor, this firm only allows the maximum length of assignment to be a year. So imagine hiring somebody fresh off the street who's only learning for the first six months versus hiring somebody who's an alumni and can get going on day one. This firm ran an alumni campaign with Sense. And as they did that, they just reached out to a several hundred people who had done assignments with this financial institution over the last five years, simply asking, Hey, are you looking for a job? Would you like to go back to this client? This is the job and how much it pays. This is when it gets started. 17 people responded and this particular institution then hired 13 of them within that same week. For this company, those 13 people amount to $2 million in revenue. And before this thing came about, these people were not on their radar. They didn't actually know how to reach out to them in a personalized fashion. But here, within, literally within a week, we made a two million dollar impact to their top line, and now this has become a standard workflow they run with all of their customers.
0: Okay, guys, if you stop the podcast right there, you just got two million dollars worth of you should follow <laughs> up with your alumni. Anyone that you've ever placed, if you don't have some kind of communication with them, you've just realized that you're missing out on revenue whether you're a search firm, a headhunter, or placing IT consultants, whatever that might be, in one week,
1: you just reached out to people that you already knew that have already worked there. Absolutely. And, you know, when we talk to MSPs around the country now, they're also telling us about another class of people, which is retirees. There are people who've retired. And, you know, maybe some people retired uh, at a younger age than others, but people have retired and they've moved on to other things. And then they realize, hey, if we can reach out to these people, and even solicit their experience back for a month or two months on a critical project, on a critical RFP, it can have so much value. Again, such companies are creating private talent pools uh, using Sense and then they're essentially reaching out to those folks. The biggest example of that is COVID right now because people have reached out to nurses who were retired, people have reached out to healthcare providers, anybody who had special training. We've seen the volume across our healthcare customers and the number of healthcare customers wanting to come on on board with the Sense platform triple in just the last quarter. So that's very real, Rob, what you just brought up.
0: No, that's I mean, that's that's a great story and it ties all those things together. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think. And I was just thinking too, right? Like, it's crazy to think that you should be engaging with the people that are retired maybe once a year, especially if something like this comes up, right? Like if you have a valid business reason to ping someone and be like, hey, I know you're retired, but you're a doctor or you're a nurse. Like, do you mind going to work for a month to help out? And those guys are going to like, specifically doctors and nurses will say yes, right? Like they're very likely, as long as they can physically work, they'll probably say yes. Or if they feel comfortable providing some level of care still, and they haven't been out for too long. But just any talent pool, could you imagine? I have a family friend who worked for MasterCard or Visa for a long time in the finance department. And she gets, goes back like once a year for like a month or two. I mean, if you could do that in a meaningful way, if you're a savvy firm, you could do that in a meaningful way offer that to your customers, right? That's a pretty cool offering. And then be able to not only help that person with a little bit of extra money for their retirement. People might get bored. I don't know. Like I'm not I'm not retired, but I can imagine it'd be boring cuz actually like working.
1: And, you know, I think that's an amazing use case that you're bringing up because more and more we now talk about liquid workforce. People want to work from wherever they are. They want to do short gigs. And especially with what COVID has done, you know, people are moving out of high-priced cities because they feel like, hey, if I'm going to work remote for six months, why am I going to pay San Francisco rents? So you essentially can bring these people back wherever their expertise lies. I'll share another example with you from a company called Wind and Stark. We started with them recently, right in the middle of the COVID pandemic, and they came back to us ten days later and said, in ten days, Sense was able, Sense helped them deliver on 120 nurses. So they were able to actually place and deploy 120 nurses to different facilities all over the country using Sense. They specifically gave us a testimonial that said it became a huge channel for them to re-engage with their network of nurses and healthcare professionals that alerted them of critical need opportunities. So like I said, there are hundreds of stories I can go through. Another one of our customers, Pride Staff, actually brought up the fact that they've saved $1.3 million in wages and 24 headcount just because they were able to automate a lot of stuff from Sense you know, and were able to use that headcount into doing more productive tasks.
0: Well, I, I think, and I always like to be very clear when I talk about automation and headcount, right? People don't lose jobs. They get to do a job where they get to engage with a human being, usually when automation jumps in. So your filter, the COVID filter, right? Like if, you have, if you're a staffing firm and you automated and now you're saving time for five or six people who are once like all compliance or paperwork focused, Now those guys are like, oh, hey, we saw you had a fever and like maybe like they're part of your team that says like, hey, we're part of the COVID response team. We're going to go do this. If COVID ends, you know, hey, we're part of the anything that's going to provide a higher level of touch to help you win that most engaged staffing firm right at the end of the day. And so automation can really help you do so many things. And keep it personal.
1: And Rob, you're spot on. We have always maintained that, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions around automation is that it'll take the intimacy out. It'll sort of make some people redundant. It's actually the other way around. Automation makes people more personal. I, we did a study where we found out that if you take recruiting staff in any staffing company, they typically make about 45 to 50% of your staff. So half of your company is basically recruiters. Of that company or off that half, 33% of their time is actually spent in data entry. 33% of their time is spent in just prospecting. And only 33% of their time is actually spent talking to actual candidates, You know what you call human stuff, convincing them to actually take up a job, convincing them to move forward with the process, so on and so forth. What the automation aspect does is, essentially making sure that we can act as a co-pilot that can do your data entry, that can clean your database, that can do your prospecting, that can do some marketing automation, that can run your drip campaigns. So you get to talk to the high-value targets and actually make more placements. It's super critical to understand that automation is table stakes. All of the top companies are using it. 40% of the top 157 firms that work with Sense are using it. That's where you start. And then you build a pillar on top of that, which is around retention and growth. How do you grow the revenue and retain people?
0: I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's some key places that always ruin really the candidate experience. Some A candidate applies for a job on a website. You need an autoresponder. People lose track of a submission, right? You submitted someone's resume. You haven't heard anything back. Like that's These are like two big ones. And then what happens once they're hired? Like, do you just tell them goodbye? Like, the good ones don't. But if you're a brand new recruiter, big-eyed and green, right? Like, when you started the company, you probably onboarded hundreds of recruiters by now. Like, probably some of them got it, but a lot of you probably had to be like, remind be like, hey, you placed that guy a month ago. Like, call him, see what's up. Like, someone has to teach you some of these things that once you're older in the game, you kind of just know. And so if you just create that as part of the automation, tell the new recruiter that, hey, when someone applies... You're going to see an email go out. You might see a reply saying, hey, this is me. I want to book some time on your calendar. And like, you'll see a conversation happening, even though you weren't part of it to start. Right? But once you were needed, once a human was needed, it's easier for them to get involved. I always use the example of you call customer service. And at that point, when you call customer service, you don't need a robot anymore. You literally want a human And so, like, that's what
1: automation does, right? So, you know, you're hitting at the heart of this. This is exactly what we tell our customers and prospects. I'll give you a couple of examples. There is actual data that says 40% of the candidates who apply to you will lose interest in your company if they don't hear back within a week. And I would almost argue that these 40% tend to be the best candidates because they are being quoted by your competition. And they're engaging you. That's right. And oftentimes, you know, when you're working for an MSP environment, you just don't have updates. And if you can't get back to these people and say, nope, we're working on it, you're very much still submitted on this position, your candidature is still very much in play, you will just lose these people. Secondly, the other thing that you talked about, this is probably the number one complaint. Hey, I applied to the company and never heard back. I applied to the company and never heard back, right? Just the idea of letting people know hey, you got submitted to a position or we've received your resume, you haven't been submitted to a position. Is just very, very, it's just a couple of clicks of automating that with sense.
0: Yeah, and I think you come from the IT world, so i use that as an example. Sometimes in the IT world, people apply and I've seen it where like, I've worked the desk where I've seen like, people apply who shouldn't be applying and really shouldn't get time on your busy recruiter's calendar. That's right. Like, like it shouldn't be your recruiter's job to filter out the not ideal candidate. So number one, you brought up a chatbot, which we don't need to dive into too deeply, but like all I heard in my head was, oh, hey, you should throw a calendar link at the end of the chatbot if someone passes the validation questions. But, we do. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. But if this person's not qualified, that's why you send them an automated email because I could reach out, but then I'm not on the phone with you having a conversation that's meaningful or I'm trying to, like, what was, what was the percentage of people that prospect What's the amount of time of people prospecting?
1: 40% will just drop off within a week.
0: No, no. Like how much time do you spend prospecting? 30% of your time as a recruiter? 30%, that's right. One third of your time. So if I could get, if I could spend 5% of my time prospecting and a much more meaningful amount of time talking to people, because, and you said it's like convincing them to take this job, but at the end of the day, you're not actually convincing them of anything. You're just listening, right? Most of the time. And then hearing what they want. And then when you get it, you're like, boom. And But you have such a meaningful relationship that it's not a hard sell at that point. It's more of just like a, Hey, the mother job came in, the dream job came in, let's go. Like we're already fired up. And and so like, but you've had time to do that where you weren't just trying to manage all your data or prospect. Cause you know, at the end of the day, just like a salesperson, what do you have to do as a recruiter? You have to fill your funnel. You have to have a pipeline.
1: And Rob, that's actually the Nirvana goal here, right? The goal here is, Hey, there are people coming onto your website, there are people coming to your ATS, you have some sort of a, I mean, I won't go too deep into it, but you have some sort of a conversational recruiting platform that actually screens these people. And when your recruiter wakes up the next morning, he or she already has these seven 10-minute conversations lined up on his or her calendar using a Calendly link or an outlook link or whatever, and say these are the seven people you need to talk to. And if you can convince these people, you can submit these people today. So you're only so you're very, very close to dollars. The other thing you said before around somebody starts an assignment, this is Probably very well known about the staffing industry. It used to be when I was running staffing companies where contractors would tell their friends at parties, at social events, oh, hey, I've never met anybody from my staffing company. They just think of me as a number, they just send me a paycheck, right? The automation helps with that so much today because what we do, and I'll give you two different examples, but one which is super common is hey, you finish your first day, you get a message very much like the message you get once you finish an uber ride the moment you finish your day if you started at 7 a.m the message will come at 4 p.m if you started at 9 a.m the message will come at 6 p.m and it'll be like hey rob how was your day today? on a scale one to five if you say four or five we're done we just store that for analytics we move on we don't do nothing but if you say three or two or one Immediately triggers a message to the consultant care team and says, Call Rob right now. Something went wrong with Rob. And that's where a personal touch was needed. So, of the 90 out of the 100 people where everything is going right, automation will just help you make that touch point. 10 people where it is not, it will introduce a personal touch point.
0: Yeah. And I mean, no one, like, I say this a lot about software. Software is like people. Sometimes things go wrong, right? Like, it's not 100%. It would be nice and it's ideal, but like, things are going to go wrong. You know, you can make 100 placements and I don't know if you're lucky if three to 10 of them have a little bit of an an irk, right? So they don't care that something went wrong. They just want you to listen at the end of the day, right? Like, unfortunately, we're in a very weird period of American history, right? We're recording this on, what's today? June 1st. There's a lot of craziness going on in the world. So, but, and not to to minimize this, but like people just want to be heard in a meaningful way and for change to be occurred. So if we take this to the business world and, and like, if something goes wrong, people just want to be heard and they want to know that you are meaningfully, like going to take action on it, right? I think
1: that's exactly what I was saying before. Everybody wants a memorable experience now. Nobody wants to be treated as, hey, this is one automated message that came to me with a hundred thousand other people. Also, you know, your talent pipeline is just too valuable to lose, right? I mean, on one side, you have this poor candidate experience, ghosting, lack of follow-ups, you know, manual processes so on and so forth. And on the other hand, you have these productivity issues, you know, inefficient funnel, margin impacts, you know, you don't know whether your data is accurate or not. And so the idea is automation sort of becomes the panacea that helps you solve both of that. But it leads to the two things I was talking about in the beginning, growth and retention, right? I mean, the first part is how can automation lead to growth, more top of the funnel, more placements, top line revenue? And then how can it lead to retention, you know, having the same people do multiple assignments with you or stopping attrition because you were able to figure out an issue before it became a festering problem. And both of those things have a top line and a bottom line impact.
0: Got it. Love it. You're making me think of, like, issues that I need to go, fires I need to go put out because I want to. And, like, you know, it's always interesting, too, as I think thinking about this, is, like, if you give someone bad news or if, like, something negative happens, but you just, if you do listen and you do create that memorable moment, you have the best relationship with that person. Like, that's your referral source. Right, things that just get, kind of go easy sometimes, like, and you don't really develop a relationship, but it's just smooth sailing. Like that consultant goes to work, they keep working, you know, like they might keep making you money. That's great. But I feel like people who like you actually solve things with a lot of the times are like, become your friend, become that, that personal relationship and really drive business to you because you didn't lie to them. You engage them when things were wrong. And like, that's what people really care about. I think, you know, from a, from a very, like speaking personally, like, If you could solve something for me, like I could tell you in the last year, Delta Airlines got, you know, hopefully not rest in peace, but whatever. (laughs) The customer service that I got from someone based in Atlanta when I was in South Africa was so incredible that I'm still talking about it. And it was like, it's a very first world problem. If I could, I'll I'll tell you real quick. We were supposed to fly back business class for my honeymoon, 18 hours straight from Johannesburg I was in South Africa to Atlanta. And so we paid extra because that's a long flight. And like, I don't want to be in the middle seat. And so in the middle of, of our trip, we realized our seats got put back to economy. And we're both my wife and I in the middle and we're not together. And so like, we paid extra. They're like, oh, we're just going to refund you the money. And you're like, no, that's, that's not the point. Like, you got to listen. Like you saw, we paid extra. It's our honeymoon. I told you this. And you're just like, we're going to refund your money. Like, But then someone in Atlanta came in and was like, Wait, it's your honeymoon? We put you in economy, you paid extra. Like, no, like what do I need to do to make this right? And that's it. That's the memorable moment, right? Because I I, can I mean that's what
1: them. I was saying, memorable experience. You know, you have a memorable experience, you wanna remember that forever, you wanna talk about that forever. Absolutely right. We have customers today where the net promoter score is eighty-two, eighty-three. These numbers are unheard of, right? When I was running yeah. staffing companies, you were lucky to just get a positive NPS. Like if more people liked you, than more than disliked you. But today, companies are striving for an 80, 90 NPS where they're essentially saying the number of detractors we have in the company is just, you know, very, very small. Yeah, I mean, by the way, the, the market
0: flipped on its head with this, right? With 40 million unemployed, we, you know, we were in a low unemployment, right? So, you know, there wasn't much to pick from, but now there's going to be, unfortunately, an abundance of, of talent out there. And we're hiring too. So if anyone hears this in the next couple of months and wants to come work for Employee Stream,
1: please do. Uh, we're looking for a lot of talented people. But you're spot on. I mean, that's kind of why I'm saying that even though there are a lot of people that are looking for a job now, people are still going to be loyal to the firm that gives them a memorable experience, treats them, treats them humanly, and essentially reaches out to everybody with a personal message.
0: No, it makes sense. I appreciate it. All right, we're going to get close to time. So Two questions for you. Okay. First one might be longer. So future of staffing, what do you see? Yeah. And then second question, where do you want to travel when you can travel again?
1: Like not in in San Francisco. Oh, I've got a great answer to that, but let me get get the future of staffing first. So we have about two, three minutes, so don't go crazy. All right, cool. So, you know, future of staffing, I mean, I think i'll I'll tell you what I tell a lot of my customers. you know uh, we used to live in a world where everything was driven by the ATS. You know you have a system of record and you just know go pick point solutions that integrate with your system of record. We have fast moved on to a world where there is such a thing as a system of record. It'll probably stay. it's your database. But now everybody is looking for what we're calling a system of engagement or a platform, not 25 different point solutions, but essentially one single nervous system that actually pumps blood into your database. So if you think about, and I don't mean this to be a sense commercial, but if you think about sense, you know the idea is staffing companies used to have different softwares to just send out mass emails. You don't need that anymore. They uh, used to have a software to send out surveys. You don't need that anymore to collect RSVPs. You don't need that. Text messaging. You don't need that. Lightweight drip campaigns and marketing automation, HubSpot, Marketo, stuff like that. You don't need that. Maybe a lightweight chatbot. You don't need that. The idea is we will build a single platform of engagement. That bi-directionally talks to your system of engagement, uh, system of record. So these are really the two important decisions that you make. But the whole idea is you're doing this to give a better experience to people you work with because the generations in future just have a lot more choices. People like to work gigs, they like to work from wherever they are, the gig economy is constantly expanding, the workforce is now being described as liquid. And in a strange way, because of COVID, you know, who knows how many people will even ever go back to offices. So you actually have to become even more adept at providing people personalized experiences and memorable experiences. Got it. I appreciate
0: that. And I would say like it's like a shell over the ATS, right? Like the
1: engagement shell. So, okay. We're on the same page. And to your other fun question, I had a trip that got canceled, which was literally a week after we went into the lockdown. So if it was a week later, I would have done that. And I spent a lot of time uh, planning that trip. I'm a big foodie. So I was going to land in Spain and we were going to go to San, San Sebastian and eat at three of the you know best restaurants in the world, drive from there for a couple of days in Bordeaux, fly from there to Lisbon and Portugal and then end with a couple of days in Paris. So I have this entire itinerary saved that I'm really hoping I'm able to replicate again when I'm able to travel. But I'll certainly do that when it is safe and when it is certainly not creating a danger to me or anybody else.
0: Well, I would like to know the names of the restaurants. I would, you could send me the, the eating itinerary throughout the city. I'll, I'll do that trip too. We're uh, we're big foodies in my, uh, in my household. So, <laughs> I mean, well, I, I greatly appreciate it. It was a great conversation. I love talking automation about anyone who will listen to it and indulge me.
1: And I feel like I've met a kindred spirit. No, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. This was awesome and really had fun chatting with you. So thanks a lot, Rob. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye.
0: After this quick break and a word from our sponsor, we're going to get to our first edition of Ask Lauren. Stay tuned.
2: Workin is an on-demand staffing platform that combines mobile-first technology, industrial-grade workforce management, and a robust white-labeled mobile platform to engage today's workforce to create a seamless centralized mobile candidate experience. Workin provides deep ATS integration and the platform to integrate with partners like EmployStream to further enhance the mobile candidate experience. For more information, visit workin.com.
0: All right, we got the first ever segment of Ask Lauren, where we have M- Mrs. Lauren Jones of Leap Consulting Solutions jump on and answer your questions about technology. Lauren, how you doing?
2: I'm doing wonderful. How are you?
0: I am well, and I'm really excited for this segment. Lauren has been a guest on the podcast before uh, because, like I've crowned her, she is the tech stack queen. And she really helps companies get the best and most out of their technology buys through things like Mindful Implementation um, and understanding how to buy technology, etc. We have a whole episode on Mindful Implementation. Check it out if you haven't. And really what we're looking to do is really kind of work, work towards the mission statement of this podcast, which is helping people in their people experience, and that involves technology and making sure that your internal people get the best out of technology so your external candidates and contacts can as well. Uh, so Lauren, let's just jump into the first question after that rambling diatribe that I just gave. And, uh, and so what do you got for us? What, what are the people submitted? Uh, what do they want to know?
2: Well, I will expect my crown in the mail. Um, but one of the most commonly asked questions that I guess get asked as I'm um, talking to, uh, you know, new companies that are reaching out to me about um, how to do their implementation correctly is they're asking me what, what's the biggest mistake that I'm seeing companies make in their implementation. And it, um and, and look, there are probably a list of mistakes that I've seen, but the most common are um, buying without a short-term and long-term vision. So, understanding that technology can meet an immediate need—if you know something's bleeding right in the organization—but that we also have to align it to the long-term vision. And if those things um, don't Really mesh and don't flow well for the short term and the long term, you could end up wasting a lot of time, money, and resources in something that's a short term solution without it being aligned to your long term goals. So I see a lot of waste going on, as it were, um, in buying for the short term and not necessarily aligning it to your long term goals. And then, secondly, I just think that there is um, a big issue with doing a press release on a new technology buy and then just walking away from that story. And I think there's so much power in helping candidates and customers see your vision and understand your culture. In um, really selling your stack and taking the opportunity to create content for your recruiters, for your salespeople, for your executives, to go out and evangelize the why this makes you better, faster, stronger, and it's one of the biggest mistakes that I see because it's such an opportunity to be able to demonstrate through technology and investment that this is what makes you different, and it's it's just a lost opportunity that. And not necessarily a mistake, but it could certainly benefit an organization in a really powerful way.
0: Awesome. So let me me just kind of recap, maybe like the too long didn't read version. Right, first, if you're going to buy technology for a really short term fix, make sure that the one you're going to buy also has a long term vision. Does that sum it up?
2: Correct.
0: And then, then when you buy technology, and and you put a press release out, whether that's to the public or to your internal staff only. there probably needs to be a lot more follow up about communication to them. Um, we're actually going to hold a webinar next month on marketing automation, and maybe we'll throw in how to market to your internal team as well uh, to make sure that they understand, um, because that might be where a lot of the fall off happens with that you know adoption and buyer's remorse, right? Like I just, like we were quoting. So does that does that summarize the two?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I encourage every company to take a month to do an internal coat of paint of evangelizing you know, a product, and then you've got to do it externally, too, so everybody can see the vision and everybody can be excited about the press release. There needs to be something more than just a one-and-done strategy behind investment in technology.
0: Awesome. Well there you have it, guys, from the queen herself. Uh, long, long reign the queen. And uh, if you guys have questions, please submit them to either the You Own the Experience podcast, LinkedIn. We're also on Twitter. It's yoe underscore podcast. You can find me uh, or Lauren Jones on LinkedIn or Leap Consulting Solutions. So message us any questions. Um, I'll also have some notes in the actual show notes on how to get us those questions. Lauren, thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and have a great day.
2: Thank you.